Peace, Ty. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. That's right. It's Wildcat Minute, where we talk about High School Musical one minute at a time. Oh, boy. What are our names? I'm Condra. And I'm Tyler. And we're the amateur nerds. I just, the way I said, oh, boy, what are our names? It yeah. just got me. Yeah, so what, this is minute 84, Condra. What happens within it? Minute 84 starts out with some basketball being played, maybe a championship game, and ends with Sharpay and Ryan singing bop, 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 bop to the top. Yeah, so this is where stuff... The the code is sent, and the yes. effects are happening. <laughs> yes, the plan that was begun in the previous minute has started to take effect so we're seeing basketball happen. The announcer says, nice ball movement by West High. Uh, and there we see a little bit of basketball happening. But then, oh, no, the lights start to flicker and the basketball players are confused. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The amount of confusion on Coach, Coach Bolton's face in particular is great. Here's the question I have, though. Why is there live play by play of this basketball game? Like, why is there an announcer doing live announcing? Because it's the champ. They it, honestly, like, who knows? It could be like this is big sport. I because like not to stereotype the South and their athletics, and not to well, say like Arizona, we're in the Southwest. Yeah, but like football is like these championship games are big, and I mean even in our northeastern community, like I mean yes, you're right, but live play-by-play during a game like in the gym doesn't make sense no play-by-play occurs you like you've gone to a professional basketball game right yeah. oh yeah. yeah yeah i've gone to tons yeah there's an announcer that will say like this player checking in or four three or like yeah they'll like say things between plays but they're not saying and lebron james dribbles it up the court and he passes it to scotty pippen and like that those that's an apocryphal basketball play um <laughs> <laughs> but like that that's not what's happening. No. That that's what happens on the radio or TV but not live. Yeah. So it I mean we're or 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 if it happens on the TV and we're watching it on the TV. Well, <laughs> this is clearly what the writers thought happens because they've only ever seen sports on TV. So they're like, so there's an announcer, right? And what we hear when we're watching TV is what everyone hears when they're live, right? Yeah, I mean, this is another instance of basketball not making sense in this movie. (laughs) And even when the announcer says nice ball movement, like it's just someone dribbling. Yeah, it's not like they're the Golden State Warriors who pass it nine times until someone clears an amazing, amazingly wide open shot. Like (laughs) they just dribbled it. Yeah, but also, I mean, people are excited. It it helps generate that excitement. In the atmosphere, if nothing else, for the viewer at home who's watching it on their television screen. It helps add and build to that in the same way like we were talking about last minute with the excessive excitement of Gabriella's correct answer. It doesn't necessarily make sense, but it's adding to that hype nature of the montage. Are you saying that things are being played up because this is a movie and not real life? Maybe I am. (laughs) Speaking of uh, exaggerated reactions, so yeah, we're getting the lights flickering on and off in the gym, and then we cut back to the academic decathlon. Wait, no, no, no. Before before we cut back to the academic decathlon, we have Troy looking 
up in amazement at like, wow, they did it. And then he's just so lost in like the it's stopping and the principal is like things are happening. And Chad looks at him like, dude, go. And and Troy's like, oh, yeah, I got to go. Chad's like, dude, beat it. You got to (laughs) go. And Troy runs and untucks his shirt. And I'm like, why? (laughs) Because he needs to get ready to get changed. But he can't start taking off his shirt in the middle of the gym. I guess. I guess I just know what what he looks like next. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, when we do cut to the academic decathlon, there's this interesting beat where um, we get Taylor closing her laptop again. So in the previous minute, she sent the code and then closed her laptop and was like, "Okay, time to make a swift exit from the gym or, or an orderly exit." Sorry, from the gym. And now in this minute, we get the message sent code again, and then she shuts her laptop again. It's just a continuity error, but it's funny. It's like. She's drawing more suspicion to herself if she closes it twice. <laughs> or, yeah, or it's almost like she closed it the first time and she was, like, opened it again. Like, wait, did I do that right? Like, yeah. Yes, the code sent. Okay, and then she shuts it again. <laughs> like, okay, we're good. Or who knows about time, if any time has lapsed. Like, maybe they've answered another question. I doubt it because the first one was so long. Or are you saying that we went back in time, like, 10 seconds? Like, we saw what was happening in the gym and then we went slightly back in time to see what happened directly after she shut her laptop the first time that we just didn't see it? No, maybe. That would make more sense. (laughs) But then why show the laptop closing twice? I think there was some passage of time. It's like when you have a sitcom that goes to commercial and then the next scene picks up from like the the line that we left commercial at. It's like, I can't believe my wife is pregnant. And then you come back from commercial and you're like, So you're saying she's pregnant? Like, it's just the same thing again. Yeah, I was more thinking, like, so the lights start to flicker, like, because it takes 13 seconds for the electric current to run to the modem. (laughs) (laughs) That maybe another question has been answered, and so they're in a down, and like, okay, okay, now it's my turn to send our code, because our, like, it makes sense to send the gym first because they're the larger. Wait, are you saying she sent a code to get to make this um, beaker that's on yes. the? Or, uh, sorry, what? It's not. It's not a beaker. It's a uh, uh, Erlenmeyer flask. What's it? Erlenmeyer flask. I think is how yeah, something like that. Yeah, are you saying she sent a code to make that start yes. ke- having a chemical reaction <laughs> slash boiling? Yes. <laughs> so even less scientifically possible. Yes. Um, <laughs> at least that's always how I've interpreted that. That so she sent a second code to, to make the heating this, plate, the heat, the, the heat, yeah, yeah, the hot plate, the hot plate, start to boil intensely, the... very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you on this now. This is canon. That that is what she did. That's how I've always interpreted it. Maybe I've been wrong my entire life watching this movie. My assumption was that someone had put something in there, like five minutes ago and it like took a while to break down for the chemical reaction to start happening. So they intentionally timed it. So at this exact moment, a chemical reaction would start, it would start boiling and smoking and then they would all have to leave the room. I mean, that's smart too, but I like mine better. (laughs) No. Yeah. The idea that they through Wi-Fi turned on a switch and made a hot plate turn on so that this would start boiling. Also very good. Then, what I noticed is that they they start like react they like they start looking at the the boiling liquid and like reacting to it before it's boiling and smoking. They're like, "Oh no, we gotta go." Taylor and Gabriella are like bracing themselves for whatever smell is coming out of that that uh, yeah. flask, and then the re- I think the rest of the team has to be in the know on it. 
Because, like, if yeah, not, that's must. not fair to them. So they they all know to bolt right away, like, to help urge on, like, the delay in yeah in the, the competition. But they start booking it, and then the rest of the people in the room are reacting. They're like, oh, oh my God. We, oh, we get I a- can't stand it. I know, yeah. There's that, like, one lady who has, like, a really high-pitched... I can't stand it. I think we get an AR line for the mustache guy, which is like, oh, we got to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> like his mouth is moving, but the lines don't match up. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. And then we go back to the gym where the lights are still flashing and the alarm is going off. And we see the principal on the microphone. Yeah. He's, he's just saying like, okay, in order to be safe, we all need to make an orderly exit from the gym. <gasps> Boom. Boom. The exact thing that Taylor said in the last minute. Clairvoyance. Yeah. Uh, well, or it's just she's aware of standard procedures or and the principal's like a predictable guy. I could buy that too. Does the does the principal have like a an accent? Like it's not like a Boston accent. He sounds like he has like a Kennedy accent though. Like you know how the mayor from The Simpsons has like a Kennedy accent? No. I've never seen The Simpsons. Okay. Other than that like one episode I watched with you last time you were home. I don't know. It sounds like he has like a weird Kennedy Boston accent. He's like, we need to exit orderly from the gym. I know he doesn't. He doesn't actually sound like that. But I'm trying to place what what he sounds like. I didn't notice. I think he's got a Midwestern accent, which I mean is not an accent at all. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And so, yeah, people start getting up and leaving. The basketball boys in particular, they all start doing that like fun speed walk when you're in school. (laughs) You know that like school speed walk where you're like not allowed to be running, but you're like, I got (laughs) to book it. So I'm going to do the darndest close thing I can as possible. And especially like Chad and Zeke are kind of leading the way to the gym or out of the gym to the auditorium. We also get a we also get a good shot of just this one player's back number six green i think and just just really driving home the fact that these basketball players have their names on the back of their jerseys this is an insanely pricey thing for a high school basketball team to do doesn't make any sense i had my name on the back of my field hockey jersey that means you had to buy a jersey every year teams don't do that usually i did for field hockey okay and i guess we know that basketball gets funding at this school so sure uh, when we do, we, there's like a, we cut to like a wide shot of the gym. Yeah. Um, where we can see all of the kind of the people gathered in the middle of the bleachers. But if you look over to the left, top left corner of the screen at about um, one hour, 23 minutes and 53 seconds, you can see that a sign that says students in the top left corner of the gym. But the whole section of the bleachers underneath that sign is totally empty. Like normally when you're having a sports game, there's like a parents and public crowd section. And then there's like a student section where like the students of the high school or college all intentionally sit so they can be rowdy and have fun and sit with their peers and stuff. Yeah. But no one's sitting there. No, it's really weird because we have seen shots of the crowd and it seems very full, but we've only ever seen it from like one angle. And I don't think there was ever intention for a wide shot to happen because they just simply don't have enough extras. (laughs) Yeah, they they jam packed this middle section so that they could have that kind of cheerleader band shot earlier. And then they, they were not prepared for this. But it's still, I mean, you don't notice it all that much. I think we're looking for it a little bit. I think it would be funny if there was like a couple people around there. Like, you know, you this is what happens at sports games. Like a bunch of people sit in one area and then like one or two people sit like in the back corner. Yeah. I think it would, that would be funny if that happened. Yeah, that that would feel more realistic. And then we cut back to the auditorium 
Yeah, for just kind of one last line. Well, we actually see Miss Darbus. Darbus is jamming. She's into it. And there's like the the guy next to her that's like... The newspaper child. Yeah. He's like kind of bored out of his mind. It's hard to tell. Yeah. So I was thinking... So in watching Darbus in this particular instance, I was thinking... She reminds me more, instead of like into the song necessarily, she reminds me more of being into them as like a proud guardian. Yeah. So like when... She's just a fan of Sharpay and Ryan. I think, yeah. In general. Like, I think she's just proud of them. Like, maybe she's watched them grow up over these last couple of years and like they're doing this kind of fully, like they've taken it so seriously and are so into theater that even their callback is this big number. And like, it's not, they're not shortchanging her in any way. And she's, she's proud of them. Yeah. I mean, it's still, it's still weird. It reminds <laughs> me, honestly, of... I know you haven't seen Mean Girls, but in Mean Girls during the Christmas talent show, when the plastics all do their their jingle, I think it's um Jingle Bell Rock. I, it's not the song they do, but they do this like choreographed dance lip sync thing. And Amy Poehler's character is the mo- mom character in the film of Regina, the head plastic, and she's in the middle doing the dance along with them while she's recording it, <laughs> and she's just so excited for them. She also like think she's one of them to some extent but that's a whole different plot point or like when you see, see like a parent really into a really bad recital like even though the, the music is not good that their child yeah. is producing they're still really proud of them and i think sh- I'm, I'm thinking it's kind of like that is mean girls on any streaming service should i should i be trying to watch it this weekend like what i don't know if it's on any streaming service but you should still try to watch it at some point it is kind of one of those like cultural touchstones for our generation yeah, i know i know it just I, I saw it when i was six when it came out yeah i just haven't seen it since we own it too so next time if i ever see you in person again <laughs> okay anything else for minute 84 shall we move to our decom of the week let's move on to our decom of the week so for this segment, Tyler is going to present to me a Disney Channel original movie. He's going to give me the title, the year, and maybe a little bit more information of like who's in it and stuff. And then I get to try and tell what this movie is about. You get to spin a yarn. And then Tyler will tell us what the real movie is about. Yes, so I have chosen for you The Poof Point. The Poof Point is a 2001 Disney Channel original movie starring Mark Curry, Don Lewis, Taj Maori, and Raquel Lee. Directed by Neil Israel, written by Stu Krieger, based on a book by Ellen Weiss and Mel Friedman. I don't know. The, the Poof Point. It, it aired on um, September 14th, 2001. Uh, so I don't think many people probably tuned into this airing. Probably not. Okay, can I just ask? Okay, so Mark Curry and Don Lewis are adult actors. Thank you. They they were uh, sitcom stars from the '90s era. Don Lewis sounds familiar. I d- I don't remember the shows they were on. Fine. Taj Maori, we know from he he played Wade in Kim Possible. He's a voice, and the, obviously the younger brother of Tia and Tamara from Sister Sister. Uh, Raquel Lee was on the first season of The Amanda Show, but she left and got replaced by Josh Peck. Oh. And she was a voice of a recurring character on The Proud Family, but not one of the main characters. Okay. Oh, I think I know which character she is in The Amanda Show then. I have a guess. So, okay. Um. So, yeah. All right. They're, they're, they're all a family. Okay. All right. They're a family? Yeah. Wait, two, two, was it two men you said? Uh, 
Mark Curry and Don Lewis are the mom and dad. Okay. All right. Oh, I was spelling Don as D-O-N instead of D-A-W-N. So yeah. then I don't know who it, it is. It's D-A-W-N-N. Ooh. All right. So the Poof Project. So I'm going to guess, I mean, the Fairly Odd Parents didn't have the young child Poof yet, but I still think it's probably something magically inclined. It's also in September. So it's that almost October. They they sometimes do a new one in October for Halloween, but fall is tom- sometimes a bit more magical. It's a magical season. It is. Technically early September, not quite fall yet. Oh. Still late summer. So. If we're being real technical about when the seasons change. So is it a back to school poof project? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to wrap my head around what the heck Poof Project can be. It's the Poof Point. Oh, Poof Point. My bad. Poof Point. Okay. So. Yeah, it's actually an island. It's just a little. Yeah. Yeah. It's a magical uh, island that they live on. Yeah. Um, very Spy Kids 2. <laughs> Except that's done through technology, not magic. Well, you'll find that Spy Kids 2 takes place on an isle. Oh. Not an island. My bad. Excuse me. <laughs> well, this takes place on a point, so that's an irrelevant <laughs> state. All right. I really got to figure this out. All right. So let's go with Magic Family. Um, magic Mom, definitely. Well, all moms are magical. Yeah. Oh, oh, I have an idea. And this was my okay. idea from earlier when you first said poof point to me. It's Cadet Kelly, but magic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Elaborate, please. So, it's Magic Army Boot Camp. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what is the Magic Army? So, it's not an army per se, but it's boot camp for magicians. So, maybe it's like Magic War, but like... I like the idea of a magician war. <laughs> I mean, isn't that just Howl's Moving Castle? <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, Wizard War is slightly different than a Magician's War is like the plot of the Prestige, where there's two rival magicians. So are they wizards? Like they can actually do magic? Yes. Okay. Yeah, they can actually Good. do magic. I think, let's say the young girl. No, it's if Taj is the, nope, Taj is going to be the lead of this. So he maybe is a little bit of a rebel and his parents are done with it. They're like, no, be like your... <laughs> Wait, so they, so instead of sending him to, to military school in Alaska, like in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, they sent him to magic school to punish him? <laughs> they sent him to magic boot camp. He, okay. So what it is, is he... They all have magical abilities, and he is a little more reckless with his. Like, he doesn't... He's not as careful. I assume it's a world in which they have to hide their magic, because, you know... Uh, that's the the stereotype there. Um, is the other young woman older than Taj? I assume. I don't know. I think I think they're both clearly teenagers. They're she's not like a child. So okay, all right. So I think she's slightly older, but like definitely more mature, and she's like very careful with her magic. Their parents are like, "Why can't you be more like your sister?" Kind of thing. And he's okay. like, well, I'm myself. And he, th- so they end up sending him to magic boot camp. And it's really tough, but he ends up finding like this good group of friends. And he's, he like kind of follows the rules, but he's also still his like curious, rambunctious self and discovers that 
the magic boot camp is actually being run by an ogre. <gasps> an evil oil baron? <laughs> An evil oil. No, sorry. An evil. An evil ogre baron. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> we haven't had an evil oil baron for a while on this show. I know. That's why know. I was like, how can I bring this back? Um, <laughs> an evil ogre, and they need to expose his. He's um, laundering money. Very classic. And it's crazy because wizards can do laundry just like that. They don't need yeah. to launder their money. So he and his little gang of pals expose this shenanigan and his parents are like wow you're actually using your magic for good and not so selfishly and maybe boot camp was the wrong decision and you can go to fancy magic boarding school instead of magic boot camp but he says no i like it here here's where my friends are yeah and then he grows up to lead the magic army (laughs) i was gonna say the magic rebellion Ooh, maybe Maybe that. Um, so, yeah, that's my poof point. So the poof point is the name of the military school? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's like West Point. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> now you get now it. Now I get it. Now I get it. <laughs> <laughs> poof point is West Point. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It is It is the poof point. Exactly. We don't call it the West Point. But okay, whatever. I like it. it. The pun was worth it. Thank you. Okay. So the poof point, unfortunately, is not a magic movie. It is a science movie. I will explain. What? So Mark Curry and Don Lewis play two parents who invent a time machine. I missed the opportunity to talk about a time machine movie. I'm so bad. <laughs> they, 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 they're trying to send their two goldfish back to the year 1860, but instead something messes up on the time machine and they accidentally de-age the goldfish to the point before they existed, being the poof point. So if you ah. de-age something to... Before you were born, that is your poof point. Ah. Meanwhile, we have these kids played by Taj Maori and Raquel Lee who feel disconnected from their parents. They feel like their parents don't quite know how to socialize with them when they're out and about on town, stuff like that. <laughs> out on the town? <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, at like school events or okay. whatever. One day, the parents get hit by the time machine and they start to de-age themselves. They first de-age to when they're 21 Scott. and they're they're still kind of in love with each other and they're in the early stages of working on this time machine. So they're trying to fix the time machine. Very sky high. And then they de-aged back when they were like 14. The parents don't know each other at all, and they're very confused. Things start happening. The parents, uh, the mom accidentally gets word out that there's like a party at their house because the son is auditioning to join a band, but she thinks that it was a concert that's happening at their house, not just an audition. So a bunch of people show up at their house and there's a party going on and the kids need to figure out how to settle down the party because the neighbors are getting mad, get their parents back and, you know, still like maintain order all in the process. So right, so the chaos is happening. The parents keep de-aging. There's this party going on. The, the guy has to, you know, audition for the band successfully. And the parents are aging down. They're toddlers now. They're like two years old running around the house chaos. trying to cause chaos. And the kids have to get their parents, fix the time machine before the parents reach their poof point. And they they get it all done. They stop the parents from disappearing. And the teenagers realize that their parents weren't so different from them. After all, they were kids once and they settle their differences. So in the de-aging process, they lose all their memories of being older? I think so. Yeah, because they don't remember how to fix the time machine. 
Okay, that's an interesting concept. Like, you don't see that very often in, like, a de-aging movie. Yeah, there's that scene in Avengers Endgame, which I think is the standard now of, like, oh, no, he messed up the time machine, so now it's just someone aging up and down. Yeah, or I was thinking even um, Sky High, when the the minion guy gets de-aged, and he's like, I'll still defeat you. You're you're misremembering Sky High a little bit. Oh, is it the principal? I don't remember his no, name. No, so there's the um, kind of science teacher who's played by, I think it's one of the kids in the hall or something. Um, it's the guy who voices Pleakley in Lilo yeah, and Stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's got the big head. Yeah. And he gets de-aged. But he's a good guy. Oh. And he, but he still remember. Well, I think part of it's that he's always been really smart. So even when he was a baby, he was still like oh. above average intelligence. Okay. Everyone else that gets turned into a baby is just a baby. Maybe they know. Maybe they still have their memories, but they can't talk or yeah. do anything. Um. But the uh the villain of the movie, oh, I forget her her name. Yeah. She was turned into a baby years ago. Yeah. And now has grown up and still remembers her previous life yeah. from before. And just had to go through puberty again. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that was so, what I was saying, though, like the retention of memory of the past. So, all right. Well, I mean, and it's based on a book. Book must have yeah. come out in like the mid-90s just by the sound of it. I think your version sounds good. I, I, I kind of like the idea of like magic boot camp. <laughs> like like the meat, like the, the drill, the drill sergeant, but magic. Yeah. Sounds kind of fun. Yeah, like point, <laughs> point. Yeah. Uh, the special effects would probably be terrible, but... Oh, yeah. Although, consider, the first Harry Potter movie came out in 2000. Yeah, but that was a full-budget Hollywood movie, yeah, not that's fair. A, a, a TV movie. Fair. I think your version has potential that I, I don't see how this, this movie came out any good. It doesn't seem like it would have many much tension or stakes. Yeah. The characters don't seem like... They, they have like a real conflict. It sounds a bit, at least the parent-kid relationship sounds like the inverse of the Wrinkle in Time parents, like Meg and Charles Wallace's parents, and that like they're these brilliant scientists that are super devoted to their work, but they're also really devoted to their family. And like yeah. that complete opposite of like, oh, they're just like not neglectful, but like distant parents, which you see a lot. I think it's that the kids are teenagers and they just don't get their parents. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I mean that's a that's a pretty common trope too, but it's a it it's not like the biggest thing like oh no, the, the kids don't understand why the parents are adults all, like have to act like adults all the time. Like can't they just chill. kick back and yeah. and chill every once in a while? Like that's not like a conflict. Yeah. Okay. Well, good to see Taj in another film. We've had another one with him. I think he was in Hounded. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was in Hounded. Something like that. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. Where can people find us on the internet, Condra? They can find us on the Twitter at Amateur Nerds. Or me personally at Tyler Booty, T-Y-L-E-R-B-O-U-D-Y. You can send us an email to AmateurNerdsPresent at gmail.com. Yeah, wh- what what magic uh, boot camp would, would you want to enlist in? Or send us a DCOM of the week. You're running out of time to get in your DCOM of the week you want us to talk about, so... Yeah. Get it in now. Thanks to our musician, Joe Winslow, whom you can find at joewinslowmusic.com. And thanks to our artist, Theo Golden, at tgoldenart on Instagram. I have been Condra. And I've been Tyler. We'll see you next time for some more magical, musical, high school musical content. You can bet on it.